The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Oh, we got a lot to talk about. Hey, there's a game this weekend. Broncos, Bears. Broncos trying to avoid the 0-2 start, but it should be noted the Bears also trying to avoid the 0-2 start, of course, uh, for the Bears as well, too, at uh, Empower Field. At Mile High, new name debut for Empower Field at Mile High. That all coming up today on the podcast. We're going to talk about, well, the one thing on offense and the one thing on defense that the Broncos need to get better at from the Oakland game. And then we're going to talk about who has the advantage when the Broncos have the ball, who has the advantage when the Bears have the ball, and maybe we'll dabble into special teams as well. I say we because uh, Jake Peterson joins me, a contributor to milehighsports.com. Jake, joining me on the podcast today, where can they find your uh, writing, all your tweets about the blue and orange? All my tweets are at jakeyp303 on Twitter. All right, very good. Jake Peterson, contributor to milehighsports.com, going to join me on the podcast. And, of course, our podcast presented by our friends over there at Pro Football Focus. I tell you what, your drafts may be over But that doesn't mean that the green line or many of the great things that Pro Football Focus has going on can't help you. Here's the deal. Pro Football Focus at PFF.com. They're giving you a massive edge over your competition with in-depth stats and analysis, data-driven projections, matchup tools to help you find the best breakout players. They'll even do what I think is really cool in like a cornerback versus wide receiver breakdown. You see that nowhere else. But with our friends at Pro Football Focus, of course, you could sit back and follow Jeff Ratcliffe's expert rankings all season long. Use the PFF analytics to win. And, of course, they'll optimize even your trade offers as well, too. If you didn't like uh, that one guy you picked in the fifth round, maybe you need to ship him away for a better quarterback or wide receiver. I don't know. Whatever you got going on with your fantasy team, check it out over there at Pro Football Focus. Here's the thing. Use the promo code PFF25 to save 25 percent off your order that's 25 percent off your order with the promo code pff25 at pff.com that's pro football focus and of course if you're like me hey join the elite to access their green line game picks for nfl and college games that's what i'll be using this weekend is of course well we get the buffs in action against air force we've got the broncos in action against the bears a lot to talk about and of course i want you to go on over to our friends at Pro Football Focus to check out all the analysis and picks. And again, use that promo code PFF25 to save 25% off a limited time. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter, where I'll be tweeting all about this Broncos offense. And let's start there, Jake, where this Broncos offense, the one thing I want to see them get better at is very clear to me. And I'm not going to let you take the easy, well, they got to score more points, you know, route. I want, you, I want you to get a little creative here with your thoughts, but here's mine. The Bears play a soft uh, defense, okay, mm-hmm. with a, a kind of a rally-to-the-ball carrier type mentality, uh, kind of like what the Broncos play on defense. The mm-hmm. problem is I think the Broncos on defense, they have this issue where they don't have, you know, the the Khalil Max or the Roquan Smiths of the world, you know. It's a yeah. big problem when your guy is Josie Jewell instead, you know, all due respect to Josie Jewell. Uh, this Broncos team, I think if they can get some solid yardage or uh, make 
make the Bears miss a tackle on the first hit, okay? And what I mean by that is it's Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman out in the flat receiving a pass. They're going to get an opportunity in space. But the problem is, is that the Bears are so good at rallying to the football and bringing you down the moment they see you. If Philip Lindsay can make a man miss, then all of a sudden you're getting into this next level of the defense where you can hit them for chunks of yardage. And then all of a sudden, maybe that makes them adjust. Maybe they back some guys off a little bit. Maybe that opens up going right down the middle with the running attack. And maybe that sets up the play action. You see where I'm going with this? It kind of yeah. dominoes. And I think that could be very, very beneficial for Denver. So it's going to be winning your one-on-one matchups on offense. And and you could really um, open this up to wide receiver as well, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cortland Sutton, Emmanuel Sanders. Win those one-on-one matchups because I'm going to be honest, I've been critical of the offensive line. I've been very critical of them this year so far. But to be honest, they gave Flacco time at times. They and did. And it was those two coverage sacks. Those were just wide receivers, tight ends, not getting open and not winning their one-on-one matchups. So winning the one-on-one matchup battle on the Broncos offense, that's going to be my big key of uh, of the game against the Bears. Your thoughts? I'm going to go kind of in a similar line as you. Simplify the play calling. Sure. Don't, don't sure. you know, Rich Scangarello last week was his first week calling plays full-time, maybe some jitters, tried to get a little too fancy at He's times. He's a little geeked up. Yeah. You know, I and, that, and that, you know, sure, I got you. Makes sense. Make put your players in a position to succeed, though, and that goes along with you know put Philip Lindsay out in the flat against a, a linebacker. Philip Lindsay's biggest strength is being able to make people miss and using his speed to his advantage. He didn't get that opportunity until almost the second half last week. So right from the start, simplify your play calling, set up the play action, set up things like your if you want to run the tight end sweep later in the game when you have that established. Don't just, you know, don't make your first play in the red zone a wonky three Swinging offensive. Gate. Yeah, that was crazy play. I don't yeah, know that make is. it, make it, make your life simple. Put your players in a position to succeed because I think the Broncos do have the playmakers to be able to make guys miss and, and make the plays that, you know, later in the game, now you're opening up the deep shot down the field or something like that. So just keep it simple. Kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Absolutely. I love everything you said except for the whole, oh, I don't want to see the tight end sweep until the second half. I don't want to see the tight end sweep anymore, Jay. All right, that's I fair. I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want to see it anymore. Please uh, don't give me that That was stuff. just an example. You know what? I like what I'm glad you mentioned this, though, because um, over it was Thursday where Rich Gangarello, look, he knows. Um, he took a little bit of heat for mm-hmm. some of his play calling. This is what he had to say when it comes to defending his style of play calling or what he um, called against the Raiders. I mean, that's, that's football. You live by the sword, die by the sword. I'm, I mean, I, I know this. Uh, I'm fe- I want to be a fearless play caller, and I want our players to be fearless play call- players and um, not be afraid to fail. You don't want to fail. It's part of the game. Uh, I, yeah, obviously, I'd like to have it back. Um, but uh, there are going to be scars when you take chances. I mean, we ran a little handback play to Phillip that went for 15. That was a gadget play, too. And that could have been a negative, too. You know, you just don't know sometimes. And, yeah, first play of the game, um, yeah, you got to accept it. And I have to get better as a play caller in those situations. That's just part of it. Um, and I will. And I think we all will.
So again, that's Rich Scangarello talking about, uh, well, he wanted to be a fearless play caller. Look, I understand. I get it. I, I want you to be a fearless play caller as well, too. I would mm-hmm. love that for, in my offensive coordinator. But I also want an offensive coordinator that makes smart play calls as well, too. There's a difference between being fearless and also being fearless but smart, okay? Uh, tight end sweep, that is something you have to set up. That was not set up because there was no setup to it. It was their very first, first play they play. ever called, okay? The swinging gate thing. You know, here's the thing. I don't mind the actual play call. My problem is is that on the very first drive where you get into the red zone of the Raiders, you don't have any points. It's the second half. You're doing everything that's working to get into the red zone, and then all of a sudden you call this gimmicky trick play where you have three offensive lines. Have we ever seen a NFL play that actually works with a three offensive line set? It just, no. It's like like everybody laughs at the Indianapolis Colts and what Chuck Pagano did a couple <sighs> years back where they, they had the two offensive lines. Like, what are you doing? What are you trying to do here? Run the football, and I like what you said. Keep it simple, stupid, because uh, it's easy to get caught up in the moment and the geek out, and I think he's going to learn from those moments, and he's going to be a better offensive coordinator because of that. He had to have those moments, I guess, at some point, but you would have thought that at, over so much time to prepare that that's those kind of gaffes would have already been eliminated from the game. Yeah, and that's what preseason is for, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then they had five preseason games, and they still look rusty. Unbelievable. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. Big thanks to our friends at Tap 14, 1920. Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap. 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela in that locally sourced. Rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's Tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me. Tap14.com. All right. Bears on offense. What is the one big thing that you want to see from the Broncos defense? This is it's the same thing for me on offense. Put your players in a position to succeed. Last week, Isaac Yadam got burned a lot. Badly. And but it, first degree. First degree, yes. but it was because he was put in terrible matchups. He's going up against a guy who's six foot five, two fifty, who runs a four three forty. I'd like to see anybody cover a guy like that, let alone a guy of Yadam's size. That's a terrible matchup, and they didn't adjust to it. And the fact that the Raiders didn't continue just attack—if that's what the Broncos were going to do—the fact that you know they didn't just keep going to that matchup time after time was shocking to me especially with how much success they had. So again, put your guys in a position to succeed. And then if you notice something's not working, adjust. Make that adjustment faster. And we've heard the Broncos coaching staff say this offseason that if you're adjusting at halftime, you're adjusting too late. You need to make those adjustments on the fly and in the game. And that's not something that they succeeded very much with last week. So that's what I want to see this week. Make your adjustments faster. Put your guys in a position to succeed. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit there. Hit the quarterback. Hit the quarterback. I mean, zero quarterback hits on defense last week. That is, uh, I'm sorry, it's unacceptable. It's yeah. unacceptable for any defense. Nonetheless, one that has Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and this great secondary. These past, I mean, what did we see all preseason long from Shelby Harris and this defensive line and Malik Reed hit the quarterback? And and this is the thing that that drives me nuts with fans because I think a lot of fans. They grade players based on sacks, okay? And Von mm-hmm. Miller actually talked about this. He talked about how, well, you know, it's his job to get sacks. And to an extent, he's right, but I think he puts a little bit too much emphasis on it. But the reality is, is all he has to do is just make Mitchell Trubisky feel uncomfortable. And 
You know what? To take a, words out of Tremaine, uh, Tremont Williams' mouth last uh, Thursday, make Mitchell Trubisky play quarterback, and that's how you win. Yeah. That's literally what he said uh, as a quarterback facing him. You need to make Mitchell Trubisky feel uncomfortable. You need to stop the run and then thus allow him to throw. And look, Mitchell Trubisky against this secondary, I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. Every day. Now, I think you do have a lot of great points there in the idea of, look, you can't let... You can't just let Isaac Adams sit out there on an island. You've got to do something if he's getting burned constantly. And I think there's going to be a lot more of an emphasis and focus on that this week in the idea of, look, if, if Trubisky burns Yadam twice, I think it's like, okay, well, we either need to give him help immediately or he needs to come out of the game and maybe Bosby or somebody else needs to get an opportunity because this is uh, it's just not working out because you don't want to send where, uh, you know, I think t- scoring touchdowns is going to be crucial in this game because, look, it may be the last touchdown you score of the game. I mean, mm-hmm. That's how good these defenses can be at times that we've seen. So it is certainly going to be interesting uh, in this game moving forward. It is the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Pro Football Focus and Tap 14. All right. When it comes to the uh, Broncos and the Bears, we're going to pick this game. We'll make our predictions. That's Jake Peterson, contributor to MileHighSports.com, where of course, you can read up on the Broncos and all kinds of great stuff, player profiles, interviews, discussions, and, of course, find all the info on the mobile app as well, too. That's MileHighSports.com and the Mile High Sports mobile app, free for Apple and Android. We will pick this game coming up. So, again, it's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, and our friends at Pro Football Focus. Don't forget about that promo code, PFF25, to save 25%. Off your order. All right, before we pick this game, I want to talk about the one dynamic that's very interesting in this game as they'll be playing this Sunday at Empower Field at Mile High. New name, by the way. Kind of funny. Debut the name. Debut the name, yeah. Uh, It's Vic Fangio, former Bears defensive coordinator, versus his old team. Is there more of an advantage for Vic Fangio in knowing that he knows exactly what Mitchell Trubisky doesn't like right he practices against him he did it for the last couple years he's seen Mitchell Trubisky grow and progress as a pro or do you think there's more of an advantage on the Bears side of things because look the Bears know exactly what Vic Fangio likes to do right on defense it's kind of this interesting dynamic of I know you you know me kind of like a division rival type deal who has the advantage I'd really like to hope it was Vic Fangio but I think it's going to be the Bears Mm. against the defense because I you're not wrong. They, Vic Fangio is the guy calling the plays on defense. He's the one making the decisions. And so the Bears know that. Trubisky knows that. They know exactly what to expect uh, from a Vic Fangio defense. And, you know, you also know you, you know what you have in Von Miller, in Bradley Chubb, in Chris Harris. You can kind of game plan for that. And so I think it's going to be more advantageous for the Bears but I also wouldn't be shocked if it just came out as kind of a wash. Kind of a push. So, yeah. You know me, I know you, you know me, I know you, so we're going to outthink each other Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I would, I would not be surprised to see this just be a complete push, although I will have to sway, to, to truly be honest, in, in your thoughts of, of this probably being an advantage on the Bears, more so because it's not Vic Fangio calling the offensive plays. Now he has to relay this info to Rich Scangarello, and the hope is that they are basically roomies all week long and basically saying, hey, this is what Mitchell likes to do. This is what Tyreek Cohen likes to do. Obviously, they have no info on David Montgomery, but uh, you know, this is what they like to do on third down. You know, When they get into second and short, whatever may be the case, this is how they open the playbook. Like 
all these different little tidbits, but it's still an exchange of info, which mm-hmm. means things can slip through the cracks, which means Scangarello may just simply forget or Vic may forget to tell Rich about something that ends up happening in the game. So, um, But if I had to argue devil's advocate, I do think there are going to be opportunities for this Broncos offense to score. Um, look, they have a great field goal kicker in Brandon McManus. They are going to be at home, which means that there is more of a chaotic feel for the Bears offense as opposed to the Broncos. And look, this is a Broncos offense that they score 20, 24, potentially 27 points against the Oakland Raiders. If Deshaun Hamilton catches a touchdown pass and they don't do some, some really weird, awkward play calling, that offense did not look good against the Raiders. Now, I get it. It's the Raiders defense different from what the Bears defense is seeing. But we have at least seen competent quarterback play out of Joe Flacco. And if at home they get some opportunities and maybe they can put up a touchdown or two, all of a sudden that scoreboard looks pretty darn good. And now Vic Fangio has the ability to operate against a quarterback that he should know everything about. He knows exactly how to stop those guys out of the backfield. And I think it can be uh, advantageous for him, but I I think I sway more on the idea of, Look, it's probably just a push. It's probably just a push, which is a very unique deal in the NFL. We usually don't see it, but um, you know, a lot of times with uh, division rivals, there are times where it's like, well, we're a little bit more familiar with each other. This is where I think you know everybody who is swaying super hard to the Bears when it comes to an advantage kind of goes out the window for me. I mean, we've seen it time and time again when the Broncos are a really good team, and here comes the lowly Oakland Raiders, and they lose by 20 points. Or... Mm-hmm. Same deal with the Broncos against the Chiefs. They almost beat the Chiefs last year. They sure did. Case Keenum hits DT, and they beat the Chiefs last year. So uh, it's kind of one of those things that they they know so much about each other. I think they're they're it yeah it le- levels the playing field just a little bit more. Yeah. So it's the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tap Fourteen and our friends at Pro Football Focus. Jake, uh, where can they follow you on Twitter for Broncos thoughts? I'm at JakeyP. 303. All righty. And of course, you'll be working on some pieces this weekend. Uh, I will be doing the same as well, too. I'll be live from Empower Field at Mile High. That's kind of fun to say. Empower Field. Hopefully, the new name empowers the Broncos to playing better. They're doing a, a moment of silence for Mr. B they before are doing the that, game. Yes. And I, I, I think that gives the Broncos a jolt kind of right off the start because what a, a little bit of play in for Pat type deal. Yeah. Yeah. This one's for Pat. This one's for Pat. Love it. All right. Uh, It's a Broncos Blitz podcast. Of course, you can check out previous archives of this podcast. That one is uh, over at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com for all kinds of coverage on the Broncos, injury reports, player profiles, discussions, audio, all that good stuff is at milehighsports.com. All right. Final thoughts, Jake. uh, Winner, loser. How does this game play out? I've got 16-10 Broncos. I think it's going to be kind of a sloppy. I think it's just going to be kind of a sloppy offensive game from both sides. Where for the Broncos, you've got Elijah Wilkinson making his first start at right tackle. Garrett Bowles is still kind of a question mark, and Khalil Mack scares the crap out of me uh, as a pass rusher. So I think that plays a factor. But at the same time, the Bears just they that offense looked so bad last week, and so I give the Broncos a huge advantage defensively. I think there's going to be a a couple times where Mitch Trubisky makes a really you know, throws it into double coverage or severely underthrows a guy, and we're able to take advantage of that with turnovers. So I've got 16 to 10 in kind of a sloppy back-and-forth matchup. 
You know, it's funny. We talk about defense, 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 defense. Oh, this Bears defense is great. It's the Monsters of the Midway. Oh, it's the Orange Crush. Oh, this Broncos defense. I actually think there's going to be a little bit more points than people think. And I don't know why. Maybe just a little gut feeling. Something to the realm of like 24-20. Broncos squeak out a close win. I think a little bit more points on offense just because I think the Bears offense is better than than how they played against Green Bay. And I also think the Broncos offense is much better than uh, what they played against the Raiders. Look, this is a an offense that misfired on kind of basic fundamentals. Again, Deshaun Hamilton drop. I, I think Rich Scangarello fully well knows. Those were stupid play calls. Those, yeah. those trick plays, those gadget plays, they are better than that. And then all of a sudden, look, if they move the ball in that first drive, maybe it's a different game because you're not down 7 nothing. Uh, quickly to the Raiders, and and maybe you can establish some defense. And I think the Bears, look, I, Mitchell Trubisky certainly did not look good against the Packers' defense. I also don't expect the Packers, and I get it, they made a lot of nice free agent moves. I don't expect them to have a world of an off uh, of defense that can just shut teams down. I know the ability of David Montgomery and Tyreek Cohen, and those two are dynamic playmakers. It just seemed like an out-of-sync uh, and and I tell you what, and we've yeah. talked about this a lot in the NFL scopes, and in, including also on the uh, radio show, which is 7 a.m. on uh, Mile High Sports, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. You can catch that weekdays. Uh, we talk about this a lot on the radio show. I think the lack of preseason really killed a lot of offenses in week one because sure it did. just seemed like synchronicity, chemistry was just completely thrown off. And look, if if they get a week to prepare now, and maybe they look like a completely different offense, and there's two better offenses, and the defenses are coming in with their puffed chest out, and they're thinking, oh, man, we're we're just going to play our game, and you know they're going to score three points tops. And then all of a sudden, maybe the offense comes out and punches them in the mouth, and then it's kind of this dynamic of like, whoa, like what just happened there? you know? And maybe that carries on throughout the game. So I have a little bit higher scoring. I'm going to say take the over. On the 40 and a half, which is kind of crazy, but uh, we'll see how it plays out at Empower Field at Mile High. Last time, Jake, where can they follow you on Twitter? JKP303. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter for much more on the Broncos and, of course, latest editions of the Broncos Blitz podcast. We are all done for the podcast today. Happy Friday the 13th. A full spooky. moon, by the way, today. Spooky. Uh, who, any superstitions in sports? Oh yeah, I had to when I when I play softball, I have to do I have to warm up with the same guy every week. Yes. I have to do my high fives in a certain order. Yes. I have certain high five I, same I, underwear, same glove. Everything. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. the time. That's why you sit over on the other side of the room because you stink, man. Jeez. I I showered. <laughs> All right. Hey, <laughs> of course the Broncos Blitz podcast, uh, you can catch it at milehighsports.com and of course the all new Mile High Sports mobile app. Uh, hopefully the Broncos are uh, feeling a little super, not just superstitious, but super this weekend because, boy, 0-2 start would just be brutal for that team. But hopefully they can pull out a win, and we're talking about it on Monday morning, not only on the radio show, but also on this podcast. We're all done for the podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. Of course, find more info on the Broncos at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com for all kinds of great tidbits, player interviews, profiles, all that jazz. So first would be... Mile High Sports mobile app and at milehighsports.com. See y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. Podcast.